0: Chapter sixty The Knowledge That Justifies By his knowledge the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many. Isaiah 53, eleven. Of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of someone else? said the Ethiopian ruler, Acts eight thirty-four. Of some other man, doubtless, of one greater than himself, higher than and yet lower than any of the sons of men. For only of one in all earth's histories from the beginning could these things be said. Is not his name wonderful? Here we have 1. The Father's righteous servant. The righteous one, my servant, says God, as if he had never had another. My servant, my righteous servant servant is a name of subjection and obedience yet also of honor according to the rank of him whom he serves as servant he is the doer of the father's will the father's servant for us and in this sense our servant i am among you as the one who serves luke 22:27 the son of man did not come to be served but to serve matthew 20:28 20, and mark 10:45 As servant he is the fulfiller of the law, the obedient one in all things, not pleasing himself nor doing his own will. The righteous one my servant, says God, as delighting in him. For never before had he gotten such service and such righteousness. Divine yet human service, divine yet human righteousness. It is of this righteous servant that the whole chapter speaks. It is he who grows up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. It is he in whom men saw no beauty, whom they despised and rejected. It is he who was the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It is he from whom men hid their faces, who was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, who was taken from prison and from judgment, who was cut off out of the land of the living. O wondrous servant! O gracious service! What or where would we be without such a servant and such a service? All we need is ministered to us by You, freely, liberally, lovingly. Why should we be so slow to acknowledge You as the servant and to accept Your service in our behalf? Your life on earth was one of service for us, and Your life in heaven is still the same. For is not your intercession and your advocacy service of the best and truest kind? 2. This righteous servant justifies. He is no common servant. He is the great judge of all, the justifier of the sinner, he who acquits and pardons the guilty. He acted as such on earth when he said, I do not condemn you either, John eight eleven. Your sins are forgiven, Matthew 9, 2. He acts as such in heaven. Our justification is in His hands. We go to Him to be justified. In one aspect, it is the Father that justifies. In another, it is the Son. He justifies many. All power is given to Him, judicial power, royal power, and priestly power. We get acquittal and acceptance from His priestly royal hands. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy. Hebrews 4.16. He sits there to receive sinners. He takes up the case of the condemned. As such, He justifies them. He recognizes all their sin and guilt, and then He delivers them. They come to Him as condemned. He acknowledges the sentence as just, but cancels it, cancels it forevermore. His justifying sentence reverses the law's condemning sentence. It is with the condemned that he deals. It is them whom he pardons. There was justice in the condemnation. There is no less justice in the pardon. The justifier is the Father's servant, the Word made flesh, the Son of God, who came in the name of the Lord to save us. Grace and righteousness in all their fullness are to be found in him. 3. This righteous servant justifies by his knowledge. Knowledge is the link between the many and justification. He justifies them by giving them the knowledge of himself as the justifier and of his work as the justifying thing. Knowledge is not here used in the sense of wisdom or understanding, it means that which he teaches them to know. We are justified by knowing the righteous servant. It is not by working or praying or suffering, but by knowing that we enter into the state of acceptance. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, John 17:3. This is one of the simplest aspects in which the gospel is presented to us. There is no mystery or darkness here. To know Jesus is to be justified. The justified man can say nothing in his own behalf. Nothing good has he found in himself, in his works, or his feelings, or his character. All is evil, only evil. He is utterly unfit for pardon, according as men judge fitness. All that he can say for himself is that he knows Jehovah's righteous servant, and in that knowledge he has found deliverance from the wrath and the curse. That knowledge has brought him into the state of no condemnation, Romans 8:1. Satisfied with that knowledge, though satisfied with nothing about himself, he can say with certainty and gladness, "Who is the one who condemns? Romans 8:34. And four, this righteous servant justifies by bearing the iniquities of those whom he justifies. He justifies as a judge, as a judge giving righteous judgment, Righteous judgment in acquitting the unrighteous. The ground on which He justifies is not mere grace, it is also righteousness. Not that sin is trivial, but that He has borne iniquity in place of the unrighteous. This bearing of iniquity was His great work on earth, from His cradle to His cross. It was laid on Him. He took it willingly. He was able to bear it. He has borne it. The sin-bearer has triumphed. The sin-bearing work is done. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities Isaiah 53, 5. The work is done. Iniquity is born. That which pacifies has been completed. To all this God Himself has borne witness. It is on divine testimony that we rest our belief and from the promise annexed to this divine testimony, we draw the blessed conclusion that in believing we will enter into that peace that has been made. God has given us a testimony to the work of His Son, and He has added the promise that whosoever believes that testimony is immediately justified. We believe and are justified. We know that we are justified because of the sure word of promise to Him who receives the testimony this is what is called appropriation. It is the simple conclusion we draw from our believing the testimony. He that believes has everlasting life. We believe, and we know, therefore, that all this life is ours. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers twenty-three nineteen. We will know, when he comes again, how much we lost by not crediting this true testimony. How much more peaceful, holy, and successful our life would have been had we believed that testimony in its simplicity and fullness!